my eyes almost just like opened up at one point and I was like, hold on, this doesn't make sense. Why am I going to bust my ass so hard for someone else to build a brand when I can go and do that for myself and actually contribute in the ways that I want to. Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series, a series that is so much more than just a podcast series. This is a movement towards freedom in life and in work and about taking a lifestyle you know you deserve. I'm your host, Sam, and I have always admired working where you want, when you want, and how you want. Just like my guests, I found my version of the freedom lifestyle, and I'm sharing all the secrets for how you can too. The freedom lifestyle looks different for everyone. What's your free? Ainsley has always wanted to create a big impact. Growing up, she dreamed about working for global companies like Coca-Cola, where she could use all of her marketing skills to shape the world's biggest brands. So that's what she did. She spent a decade in corporate life before awakening to the fact that, hey, if I'm working this hard to build someone else's brand, why can't I just apply all of that energy to a business of my own? She tested a few different side hustles before picking one and taking the plunge to full-time free. In this episode, Ainsley gets real about that transition, how she totally freaked out just weeks before quitting, and the types of conversations she had to have with herself to make sure she did it anyway. Ainsley reached out to me on Facebook when I first launched this podcast back in November, and over the last few months, I've loved our time together and I find her energy totally contagious. You're going to love her passion. Before we hop into that though, I want to give a quick shout out to our podcast partner, Fiverr.com. They are the world's largest marketplace for freelance services that start at just $5 per job. They're coming to Toronto on June 5th and they invited me to speak on their panel. I'm so excited. We're all invited and there's no cost to attend. Visit whatsyourfree.com to register and discover other events I'm hosting this summer. Ainsley, thank you so much for coming on my show. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. I'm so excited to be on the Freedom Lifestyle. I'd love to just start with some of the experiences you've had kind of prior to going out on your own as an entrepreneur, because when I was doing my homework and looking at your resume, like you've worked for some companies and in some roles that a lot of marketers would kill for. So can we start with, you know, where you went to school and some of those early experiences you had? Yeah, absolutely. I went to Conestoga College in Kitchener. I studied marketing there and absolutely loved it. Fell in love with it from the beginning. Ended up doing an amazing co-op for a company in the Kitchener area, working in marketing. And that's what kind of propelled the rest of my career in a way that was actually a very um, interesting time for me. So I was working with this wonderful woman and she had asked me at one point, where do you see yourself in the next few years? Where do you want to go when you're done your studies? And I knew this off the top of my head already. Uh, Being a marketer, my dream company to work for was Coca-Cola. And I told her this, oh, well, I'm going to try and get a job with Coca-Cola as soon as I'm done here. That's who I really want to work for. And I'm going to try to make it happen. Why Coca-Cola? You know, from a branding and marketing perspective, it just has a brand that people love. 
people can connect with it no matter where you are in the world, whether or not you necessarily drink soda. I mean, I certainly didn't at that time. I think I probably had my first pop when I was like 18 or something like that. But from a marketing perspective, you just love what it offers people. It's a brand that's recognized across the globe. Um, they have advertisements that connect with people and they're just this brand that's been around for so long and has really been influential on a lot of the consumer packaged goods industry and just entire marketing world. Um, so for me, that was kind of like the all holy brand to go work for. Um, and I was super thrilled about this idea at that point of one day going to work for this company. And back then, how did you think about success? Like when you were young, probably early 20s, Coca-Cola, I can hear your, your love for branding come out here, which I know <laughs> we're going to get into, Miss Branding Queen. But how did you think about success then? Yeah, for me, I kind of feel a little like sheepish saying this, but um, for me, success was defined by kind of typical things for a period. The titles that you have, the brands that you work for, and kind of the money that people give you. And for, for a long time, that is what defined success for me. I wouldn't necessarily say that that still is what it is, but at that point in my life, it was success. I wanna work for a brand that has, like is known all across the world and being able to impact a great brand like that, that was success for me. So did you end up getting a job at Coca-Cola or where did you work after you graduated from that program? Yeah, so it just so worked out that this woman that I'd shared this vision with at my co-op was neighbors with someone at Coca-Cola running their integrated marketing division, which for me was like the dream job that I wanted to do. So I asked her if I could maybe do an informational interview with him at some point and she could just put us in contact and I would eventually like try to make something happen. And she was wonderful and did. And I ended up doing an informational interview with him some months later. And then, yeah, he ended up offering me a job before I, a few weeks before I graduated and then spent the next three years working at Coca-Cola. Okay. Um, yeah, so it was, it was really a dream for me. I, I drank the Kool-Aid so hard when I was there. And, uh, <laughs> Literally, you drank it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved it. Um, and it was amazing. Yeah, I learned so, so much while I was there. And, uh, and then eventually ended up moving on, continued my love for the beverage industry. One of my mentors at Coca-Cola, who I looked up to a lot and really took me under his wing, he ended up moving over to Rockstar Energy Drinks to run their um, Canadian division. And so I came over there with him to become a brand development manager and then um, went to go learn and uh, contribute to Unilever, working on some great brands there like Dove and Axe and then spent the last five years at Campbell's Soup. So I've been really blessed and I've had a wonderful career uh, in corporate with working with a lot of amazing brands and I got to learn a ton from them. So when I did decide to step out, a lot of people looked at me like I was crazy, but I knew it was the right thing to do. So when do you feel like you started to have that tug tug of maybe I want to go out on my own? I've been looking at success this whole time as working with household brands, having the salary that goes with it. When do you think you started reevaluating that? From day one, as much as I loved working for these great brands, I always struggled with the fact that I wasn't necessarily a consumer of the products I was supporting. So I think that just started to weigh on me over the years and it just started to become more 
unaligned with my day-to-day values. I'm a very health-oriented person and I believe in contributing back. And so when I'm, you know, pushing products that maybe aren't the best for you and I'm not necessarily eating at home either, that started to, to pull at me. And then just seeing, you know, what that life would really be like if I stuck to it forever. I always knew I would have my own business. For me, it was this you know, distant thing in the future. Oh, probably when I'm like around 40 or so, I'll feel nice and secure and I'll have the contacts to do it. And then that just, you know, started to seem like way too far. And I saw everyone in corporate around me, you know, where I potentially thought I wanted to be. And it just didn't make sense to work so hard for someone else. Um, and yeah, it just started to all, like my eyes almost just like opened up at one point and I was like, hold on, this doesn't make sense. Why am I going to bust my ass so hard for someone else to build a brand when I can go and do that for myself and actually contribute in the ways that I want to? When I was going through the notes, I also saw that you started off doing them as side hustles. So you had two side hustles plus a full-time job? (laughs) Yes. Are either of those hustles (laughs) the business you have right now? No. Oh, well... So I had two side hustles and then I was doing consulting always on the side for years. So I started um, a business called Feeding Your Fit. It was all around health coaching. So I'm a really big believer that we can really help ourselves and cure ourselves through food and, and just be really intentional with what we put into our body, we get out of our lives. So I had uh, a business where I was sharing that with, with other people. That died pretty much as soon as it was launched, I, as much as I, I believe in and love being able to educate people about the importance of food. As soon as I had launched it and had taken on a few clients, I realized it kind of took out the love of it for me and I just couldn't see myself doing that forever. So I had no shame in just being like, nope, not for me. Yes, okay, it was some lost costs in terms of setting this full brand up, but it felt like the right thing to do. There really was no second guessing on it. The second business was a little bit tougher. Uh, It was, I look at it like such a baby of mine. I love it. It was um, it was an online subscription company for people who love black coffee. Uh, so if you're a black coffee drinker, you... I you, am. Yes, amazing. Totally, of course you are. Totally. Yeah. So Is that you, what you have in that cup? Of course. <laughs> so you know if you're a black coffee drinker that if you have bad coffee and it's black, you can taste it. Mm-hmm. You can't really taste it if you're putting like cream and sugar and all that in it. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I was always on a mission to find the best coffee I could because of my love for black coffee. And uh, I realized that everyone else in that tribe was on the same type of mission when they were looking for coffee. So I went on a personal mission to find the best black coffee or the best coffee that I could from around the world and was shipping it to black coffee lovers. So smart. How long did you do that for? Uh, that was probably about a year and a half, I would say. All of this, the Black Coffee Co. was happening while I was also doing some consulting on the side. And then the consulting turned into more of an agency. And while the two were happening at the same time, I had Engineer Your Brand, which is my current branding agency. And then I had the Black Coffee Co. And it was just too much to have both and really put my heart into both of them. So I decided to, yet again, let let a business go. But... Uh, it felt right, but I will say it was definitely a lot tougher than feeding your fit, letting uh, letting the black coffee coat die. And how are you balancing these with these full-time jobs in corporate? Yeah, it was a lot of evenings and weekends. A lot of time management, for sure. I had a 40-minute commute on the streetcar from downtown Toronto to uh, Etobicoke, to where my office was. 
and I would use that time, you know, writing pieces of content, reaching out to influencers, working on my website. There was no lost minute. It didn't feel like work. Like when people say that saying, oh, when you love what you work, when you love what you do, it's never work. I fully believe that. Like not once was I, you know, sitting there being like, oh, I wish I wasn't working on this Saturday or I wish I wasn't working on this Friday night. Like for me, that's what kept me motivated. And I just, I loved working on it so it really did never feel like work and it and it worked for me for sure no I can definitely relate to that and even now that I'm doing some freelance work because everything's so different there's some stuff I'm doing that maybe is a bit more administrative than I would like it to be and in those moments where I'm just like copying and pasting emails where I'm just using a percentage of my brain I just remember my why so like why am I doing this oh right this allows me to have the freedom lifestyle I can work wherever oh right my cat's right beside me (laughs) got it mindset shift and then I stay motivated yes exactly it's really key um I think to keep our purpose and our, our why in front of us when we're doing those things that are tough to do at times And so back then, what was your why? Was it just, I want to get out of corporate, I want to be an entrepreneur, or I just want to fill my schedule? (laughs) You would think I just don't like having a life. (laughs) Yeah, my why was to make an impact. I felt like in corporate, you are a cog in the wheel, and you can only go so far and have as much, like a minimal impact at the end of the day. And I really wanted to have full ownership over something and I wanted to have greater control over my future and of something that I created and could share with the world. So I think my why was just creating something that that was my own and having an impact. And when did you know to, because we know when you wanted to quit the first two side hustles, (laughs) when did you know to take your engineer, your brand consulting work into a full-time thing? It really happened, I would say, somewhat organically. I had been doing consulting on the side while I was in corporate. And again, my love of just creating brands really drove me there. And I got to work on some interesting projects and really realized the skill set that I had from working in corporate and for these brands like Coca-Cola and Campbell's Soup and Unilever. I learned from some of the top brands about how to brand and market something. And I just when I saw the impact that that could have on small and mid-sized businesses, I was just so driven to help other people grow their business. So for me, it, it kind of evolved and took a life of its own once I saw the impact that that could have. And did you have any fear going out on your own like that? I mean, you know, previously you had these huge brands where you could associate yourself with, now you're basically going out and selling yourself. Were you really confident in the value you had? It sounds like you were. Oh no, I wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I was. I knew that I had a lot That's to offer, <laughs> but it was so scary to leave corporate. I was totally freaking out before I had I had a date in mind and I had all this kind of set up. And then I caught myself just like freaking out about it. And it wasn't until I went through this exercise of really going through all the worst case scenarios that I truly became okay with it. In my mind, it was, well, you're never, you're not going to make any money doing this. And then I realized, oh no, you, you already have some clients, Ainsley, so calm down. Oh, but what if you never get any more clients? And then I was like, well, that's probably not going to happen, but it could happen. What's the worst case scenario of all of that? And the worst case scenario was you go and get another corporate job. And once I came to the realization that my life wasn't going to end, if this didn't like happen as I wanted it to, 
I could breathe a little bit better and then I could really bring my best self out to everyone that I was working with and new clients that I was approaching and people that, yeah, I just brought into to my vision. And so what was the transition out like? You had a date, were you nervous telling your boss? How did they take it? Yeah, so it's actually really interesting. I had a date in mind that I was working towards. Kind of leading up to that date, I was actually planning on working remote for my company. And things happen in corporate as they do, which are out of your control. And my boss had ended up leaving right before I was supposed to work remotely. And then my work told me, okay, well, we can't have you work remotely anymore because we need you here to step up and really own the team here. And I just, I was just like, no, no. like it's not, no, it's no. not going to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, it worked out for the better. It kind of forced me to do it a little bit earlier than I had anticipated, which was great because it was kind of like, just jump now, Ainsley, just go out and do it. And I have, you know, no regrets. I really think that that was almost a little test for me to say, all right, if you're, if you're serious about this, then here's an opportunity to really like take it now or, or not. And I'm really happy that I took the leap when I did. Same. No, that's a great story. And how long has it been that you've been doing engineering your brand full-time as an entrepreneur? Full-time, it's been 18 months now. Okay. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Do you celebrate on the one year? Or oh my gosh, yes. Yes? What's, what's <laughs> happening for this year? Well, it's like mini celebrations. I'm a huge believer in celebrating our victories, whether they're big or small. Uh, and it can just be a little thing at times. Like I remember even the one-year anniversary of when I left my corporate job. It wasn't anything big, but I... This sounds so silly, but I just bought myself like a specialty latte, which I never do. Being a black coffee drinker, I never really buy that, but they're delicious sometimes. And so I just bought it for that moment of like, congratulations, girl, like you did this and you're rocking it and you're doing what you wanted to do. How are you finding most of your clients now? Do you find yourself doing a lot of cold pitching? Is a lot of referrals? I imagine some people listening to this would love to have an agency like yours too. Yeah, I try to do a lot of different things. For me, it works out fantastic, but I just love connecting with new people. Um, so I'm out about in the city all the time doing that, and I end up getting a lot of clients that way. If I you know, see someone that I can potentially help them grow their business, I obviously offer the, that to them. I also get a lot of referrals these days, um, some cold calling as well, and just cold outreach. And then I've started to do a few different things. So the next you know, few months are more content oriented for gaining new clients. I have an upcoming book called Branding Beyond Logos, which I'm really excited about. And then we'll be putting on a few workshops in the coming months as well to help share the knowledge that I have about building great brands. And I'm hopeful that that can help people and potentially bring some new clients to the agency as well. How are you thinking about your book? Yeah, so the book I'm really tying into a lot of different things that I'm doing in the next little while. So for me, you know, when we talk about that why and doing things, um, even when you don't want to do them, for me, this book was a way to provide branding knowledge to people who maybe can't always afford an agency. In my mind, I always had this vision as I was writing the book when I didn't want to do it. It was like this woodworker in the middle of like Midland or something who just had something great to offer people, but didn't really know how to build a brand. And that's what's gonna help that person expand what it, their business that they have. So I had that person in my mind all the time as I was writing this book. 
And so for me, I'm trying to like, if I can have this book go to the the gyms of the world, that's what I named this man, the gyms of the world, Jim the Woodworker. <laughs> Midland, if he can read this book, take some information away. Um, you know, for me, that's a huge life win as it is. And then a few of the people who read the book, if they say, hey, I can go and do this myself, or maybe I still want an expert to take care of this, then hopefully that attracts some people over to engineering your brand and I can help them further that way as well. That's really smart. And it sounds like you're probably doing a lot of exercises you do with your clients on yourself. Yes. Of customer profiling, <laughs> yes. Jim, the woodworker from Midland. <laughs> So why branding? Have you always had that focus as a marketer or what do you think it is about branding that just gets you so excited and you're so passionate by it? I just love creating things. Um, it's funny, I don't always think of myself as a super quote unquote like creative person, but when it comes to building businesses and brands, that's where my creativity really comes to life. So. Branding for me is absolutely everything that your business touches, whether that be your logo, whether that be your email signature, you know, even your office decor and like all your marketing channels. For me, branding is anything and everything connected to your business or product or service that you're selling. And that is really the difference between a lot of brands that connect with people and have a lifelong presence in the market and some brands that don't. And how do you think about your personal brand? Because for me and kind of the work I'm doing freelancing, now I'm a podcast host. I always feel like whatever I'm doing, I kind of take on that persona as my personal brand. Do you have a different brand for engineer, your brand versus Ainsley, the individual entrepreneur? How do you think about those two different things? I see them very connected because Right now it is primarily myself going out there and making contacts with people. The two really are interconnected. What are some words that you would use to describe your brand? I think I'm a very passionate person. I get very involved with whatever it is that I'm doing. I'm very commitment oriented. When I say something is going to be done, I absolutely do it. And that's something that engineering your brand 100% stands for. And same with myself. If I'm going to be two minutes late for a meeting, I'm like messaging the person being like, I'm so sorry, I'm going to be late for two minutes. But for me, that's a personal commitment. And that's really important. Since you reached out to me and Freedom Lifestyle, how would you describe my brand and what attracted you to kind of want to reach out and be part of this community? Yeah, I love the Freedom Lifestyle and it's community and it's a tribe and it's openness and, you know, connecting with other people and providing people with a, a platform to share whatever it is that they need to share, which is really great. So I think that you do that, how you come across with people, you're very open and really curious. And I think the freedom lifestyle is like that as well, where it's very curious about how did you get here? And you know, what type of learnings can be taken from this that can help someone else get there? And it's, it's a wonderful community. Ooh, love that. <laughs> well, feel free to send me an invoice. <laughs> What's your favorite part of living the freedom lifestyle and how does it resonate with you? If you want to be, you know, working on the other side of the world, you can do that. If you work best at 12 a.m. in the middle of the night, then that's when you should be working. 
versus the set nine to five, not everyone functions during that time zone or that time period. We're not getting the best out of people. So for me, that's a really big piece. I'm a night owl. So I love the fact that I'm working on certain things at 11 o'clock and it's like my peak time and my brain's high functioning. I love that. I also love the ability to be wherever in the world and working on this. Back in the fall of 2017, my boyfriend and I had saw a amazingly cheap like flight deal for like $300 or something to Paris. And it was leaving in a week. And he also works for himself. And we were able to take a look at the flight details, take a look at our calendars, take a look at some Airbnbs. And within 30 minutes had booked a flight to go to Paris for, you know, we were there for a week and it was a working vacation, but it was amazing. Why not work in Paris for a week versus, you know, in Toronto where I'm based. So that to me was just a wonderful sign of the freedom lifestyle and like really living it. It's like, okay, you want to go do that? Just go do it. Awesome. Well, I've loved this conversation. I want to wrap it up with a rapid fire round. Right. <laughs> I'm doing this now. So I got some new ones for you. Hopefully not too stressful. There's no right or wrong answer. I'm just going to ask them and you're just going to answer, okay? Okay, let's do it. Yoga or Pilates? Yoga. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Puppies or kittens? Oh, they're both so cute. Can I have both? <laughs> not in this game. Oh, kittens. Same. <laughs> Weekday bedtime? Uh, probably about midnight. Tattoos or piercings? Piercings. Drake or The weekend. The weekend. Seinfeld or Friends? Oh, Seinfeld. Oh, that's such a divide. <laughs> still to this day, I'm friends. Something that's still on your bucket list? India. Favorite podcast other than mine? I'm listening to Rich Dad a lot these days, and I really like it. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I haven't listened to that one. It's good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Cool. Well, we'll check it out. Thank you so much. This is the end of our podcast episode. It was so lovely to have you. I will include links on your book and where people can find you. Thanks so much, Sam. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's it for episode 15. Thank you so much for listening. If this story was helpful for you, or if you just found it entertaining, please share. I would love to be able to reach more people and support more freedom seekers. Also, I have a goal of 100 iTunes reviews by the time this season ends, and I think I'm almost at 80. So if you wouldn't mind subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes, that would be super rad and I'd totally appreciate it. <laughs>